0: Now, Asian markets seems to be in the green today. What are you seeing? We also heard, of course, the big story from China.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. Well, I mean, you're right. Markets are up on the back of uh, those uh, positive U.S. closes on Friday. Um, There are a couple of interesting things I'm seeing. So, for example, the U.S. bank UBS, it put out a statement uh, today to say that uh, the Securities Authority in Hong Kong have banned it from sponsoring any Hong Kong initial public offerings for the next 18 months. They've also been fined $15.2 million. However, they haven't indicated what the issue is all about, but they say they're appealing the decision. So for investors in that region, very interesting development there. And you remember that... Uh, um, President Donald Trump levied those steel import tariffs, but he said that all countries are open to apply for exemptions or exclusions. Apparently, a number of countries are lining up to do that, um, but apparently China will not do that as a matter of principle. Having said that, it really doesn't seem to be that massively impacted by this, simply because it accounts for about 2 to 3% of uh, U.S. imports in terms of those particular items, steel and aluminium. But uh, it's quite an interesting situation there that's taking place. And, of course, the reason why Asian markets are up, it's all about that U.S. non-farm payroll number coming up um, much more than expected. The expectation was that 200,000 jobs would be created, but in fact 313 were created. The average wage inflation was not that high, 0.1%, and so therefore people not so concerned uh, that the, the the Fed Reserve will go crazy on interest rate hikes going forward.
0: Then we also saw political scandals in in Japan. Tell us more about
1: that. Yes, well, details are still coming out about that. But about a year ago, um, there were claims that there was some dodgy land deal that was done, um, and it implicated uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's wife. Um, Now, today, what's happened is that the Ministry of Finance has actually confirmed that key transaction documents were altered. Um, And without going into much detail, but Reuters is indicating that some of the alteration includes the removal of Shinzo Abe's wife's name from those documents. Um, The finance minister described the alterations as regrettable, although he indicated that he has no plans to resign. Um, So that situation leaves somewhat of a rather bad smell uh, that's unlikely to go away and could have negative implications for Mr. Abe's premiership.
0: Now, here at home, the big story for us is the VBS Bank. Now, apparently you were at the VBS Briefing.
1: I was, indeed. Um, a very sad story, I, I think. Um, basically, VBS was on the wrong side of the regulator. VBS is a mutual bank. Um, it's not a commercial bank. And so, therefore, it's subject to different rules. Now, one of the things, it's really strange. You can, um, it can accept funds from provincial government, but it can't accept funds from municipal, uh, municipalities. Hmm. And so, what happened was, about three years ago, it started to grow massively with municipal deposits. And what it was doing was taking massive, massive, like in quantum sums, massive deposits on a short-term basis because obviously the municipalities can come and tap on their funds anytime. But at the same time, it was now extending loans, you know, to rural uh, farmers and so on for maybe 20 years, extending loans for long periods of time. So now what happened is that when people came knocking on their door for their funds, they didn't have enough money in the kitty to pay out. And so they were not able to honor some of the payments through the national payment system. And the Reserve Bank had to step in uh, to say, hey, what's going on? Although they say they've been engaging the company for quite some time, saying that their business model was quite risky. Um, It sounds like they had a fantastic business uh, proposition and they were doing great things in the rural areas, but they didn't tick off that regulatory box
0: mm Also at home, there's Chinese foreign direct investment in South Africa's oil sector. Tell us more.
1: Yes, uh, that's correct. So the Competition Tribunal has now approved um, Chinese oil company Sinopac, uh, buying the second largest oil company in South Africa, that being Chevron SA. It comes with conditions um, and uh, uh, the Sinopec has agreed that they will adhere to those conditions. However, there is an empowerment group in South Africa, backed by Swiss-based Glencore, that could outbid them. So that could be a spanner in the works for them. But assuming everything goes ahead, um, some of the conditions include um, Sinopec having to revamp um, the Chevron uh, Cape Town refinery establishing a $215 million development fund to support uh, uh, small black-owned suppliers while maintaining, if not boosting, local procurement, especially from black business, and that Cynotech must set, its regional, uh, set up its regional headquarters in South Africa. Not too onerous, I'd say, but i say uh, that this deal shows us yet again that uh, China is very much interested in South Africa and the border continent.